Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. We're talking to Danielle Moore with the Jewish Agency about something that most of us here in America have not been following very closely. Some severe situations involving the country of Ethiopia. Danielle, I'm so honored to have you with us tonight. Thank you for being with us. Bring us up to speed on the what's pretty disturbing news, uh, but then we're very eager to hear what the Jewish agency is doing uh, to try to help some people to save their lives in the midst of this horrific situation. Danielle, we turn it to you. Thank you very much uh, for inviting me, Pastor Jim. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here again on the World Prayer uh, Gathering. And really, we're speaking to you now at a time when there is harsh fighting and harsh war happening in Ethiopia. I'm coming to you with a report with uh, parts of it that are happy and promising and parts of it that are still very disturbing and still very much requiring of prayer and of support. You're really hearing this report as things are unfolding in Ethiopia, and I would encourage each and every one of our viewers to go and to look into the news outlets to find the information because it's constantly in flux and constantly changing, and it is very much life-threatening. So when we speak about Ethiopia, just let's try to even understand uh, what part of the world it is that we are speaking of. And so I'd like to take you with me uh, to visit this astonishing and quite almost uh, biblical in nature uh, country. So many parts of it are still very much in development and you'll still find people engaging in labors as in the time of the Bible. When we speak about Ethiopia, we're really speaking about the Eastern to the North part of Africa. And we know that Jews have been living in Ethiopia for well over 2,500 years. There are different accounts of this and it is believed that actually the Jews of Ethiopia are descendants of the tribe of Dan that following the destruction of the first temple, going into exile, following the course of the Blue Nile, and ending up south of Yemen in this part of Africa, and here living in mostly rural parts of the country, being persecuted, being called falashes, which is a derogatory term, which means intruder, landless, somebody who does not belong, and trying to maintain their faith and their connection, never really understanding that the temple of Herod, that the second temple was actually destroyed, never knowing that the rest of the Jewish people went into exile and praying and hoping that one day they will be reunited and come back to the golden city of Jerusalem where a temple still stands. They believed in this for centuries, for well over 2000 years. And indeed the journey of the Jews to come back home to Israel began mostly in the 1970s making biblical-like treks going into the desert, believing that God will deliver them, that the waters will part just as they did for Moses, and going into life-risking situations in order to fulfill their dream and their prayers to come to Israel. We have been bringing the Jewish agency, the state of Israel, has been bringing Jews home to Israel from Ethiopia since really the late 1970s. Over 90,000 Jews have found their home in Israel. And coming from this part of Ethiopia, there are still about, it is estimated, 9,000 Jews living in Ethiopia, most of them in the northern part of the country. And that, Pastor Jem, is precisely the part of the country where the fighting is happening right now. 
We're zooming in here on the map. You can see the map of Ethiopia, and you can see that Ethiopia is really not one ethnic group. Aside from the Jews, which are a tiny minority in a country of over 40 million Ethiopian citizens, we have very distinct um, ethnic groups within the country. The country is predominantly Christian, and it is one of the first Christian countries. Christianity actually reached Ethiopia already in the fourth century, so very early compared to other parts of Europe or the Western world. And here you can see that the fighting is really in this part of Ethiopia, which is called the Amhara region. This is where the majority of the Jewish community lives. And how did it even come to be in this state of war? Well, Ethiopia is a country in development, a country that has known a lot of unrest in recent decades from going into communism, coming out of communism. And really this recent war, the last war has been what we call the Tigray War. You can see that Tigray is the region a little bit to the north of Amhara. And there has been a violent war raging between the federal government and the rebel forces coming out of Tigray seeking independence. This has been going on for about two years from 2020 till the end of 2022 where finally a ceasefire was reached. The government resumed control, and one of the aspects of the ceasefire was that the government committed that all the militia, the armed militia forces that were formed in order to help the federal government fight against the Tigray forces, that all these militias will now have to lose their ammunition and go back to being normal civilians. Well, some of these militias did not take too well to that request of the government, and so the largest militia that is located right outside of the city of Gondar, where most of the Jewish population lives, has refused. And once the government insisted, they went into a form of rebellion. This means that from already August 2nd, we're now uh, just in the towards the end of August. So this is something that's been very new, just going on for a little less than three weeks. August 2nd is the day when the war began with fighting coming into the streets of Gondar, Bahildar, and cities in that region. All airports have been closed. All major roads leading in and out of the cities have been blocked. The government has shut down access to all internet, meaning you don't have access to any kind of outside information. You can't call for help. You can't find out what's happening in the region or outside of the region. And all this is while there are violent fightings in the street, the militias forces well armed, of course, the government forces very well armed and parts of the city where I can tell you, Pastor Jim, that I visited in the past and enjoyed the beautiful views of the mountains and of the city residents. Those very same places are now being used as shooting grounds, as places where the government takes aim to fire against those militia forces. And this meant that already in these past weeks, Hundreds of citizens have lost their lives, among them women, children, members of the Jewish community, members of the Christian population have lost their lives in this fighting. And when this all began, August 2nd, we were in a unique position because on the one hand, we were there with boots on the ground. And when I say we, I mean the Jewish agency. We are the largest Jewish organization in the world. We work hand in hand with Jewish communities all around the world, with the government of Israel, with the sacred mission of Aliyah. We carry this mission of Aliyah, bringing Jews to return home to Israel very proudly since 1948, saying never again will there be a Jewish person who is at risk, who wishes to come home to Israel, and the, go the doors or gates will be closed. 
And so we are there to keep those doors and gates open and we are there to bring our people home. We have been working deeply in Ethiopia already since the 1980s. And since this recent war began back in 2020, we have been alongside that time of the war leading an Aliyah operation, which has brought home to Israel over the past year and a half, some 3,000 Olim to Israel from Ethiopia, from that region of Gondar. This has been a massive undertaking that we have uh, taken upon ourselves also during the time of this war. So while there's war, we are bringing the Jews home. We have opened six new centers in Israel to accommodate and to give a true home, a soft landing to these families arriving. And so when this recent war begins between the militia forces and the central government on August 2nd, we are there with boots on the ground, with volunteers who just arrived three days prior. And when I say volunteers, Pastor Jim, these are seven young Israeli women that came there full of idealism to volunteer and to lead summer camp activities for members of the Jewish community. And we are now in a position where we are communicating with the Ethiopian government, with the government of Israel, saying, give us a humanitarian corridor, give us a ceasefire that we can take our people out. And who are the people that we were immediately concerned with that were first on our ability to bring them out? First of all, Israeli citizens who were there visiting their loved ones, visiting families, uh, having a vacation in Ethiopia. Second, these seven young women volunteers who, can you just imagine your daughter, a woman who's just, you know, in her 20s that came there to volunteer and to lead a summer camp and prepare for the high holidays, and now she is caught in this war. And of course, those that already received their Aliyah visas and would have been on their way to Israel in a few weeks time, but were caught now in this war. So we're talking about some 150 Israelis and some 61 Olim and these seven young women volunteers. To get them out, we had to prepare a plan and we were ready with this plan already a day after the war started already on August 3rd, but we were waiting for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, for the Israeli Prime Minister's Office, for Israel's security bodies to reach an agreement with the Ethiopian government and once they reached an agreement, exactly one week after the war started, August 9th, we already had our plan ready. And you can see how we plan to have uh, three gathering points in which we were to have the Olim, the volunteers, the Israeli citizens come together to meet four buses, which we had arranged. And this is while there is a war. Nobody wants to leave their home. Nobody wants to get into a bus. Nobody wants to drive a bus. We were able to get these buses positioned uh, to have our security uh, officer who was there in Gondar to lead this entire operation on our behalf and on behalf of the Israeli government. And there we created this plan. We set it into action already on Thursday morning, 5 a.m. for the buses to go and to pick up the uh, Olim and the volunteers and the Israeli citizens. And they started out on their route. And this is while there is so much uncertainty. We don't know what's waiting for us on these roads. We don't know also how many uh, of those evacuated are going to be waiting for us at each one of the gathering points. Because again, there's no internet. It was very difficult to be in communication with these people. What we managed to get into communication with them, we communicated that these would be the three meeting points. We even arranged for a family that was located 150 kilometers from Gondar to come and arrive in the city amidst the fighting to be able to get them on these buses. 
And so we started 5 a.m. with these meeting points, sending out the buses from point to point. And one of the locations, it was very harsh, very heart-wrenching, Jim. I was not there, but I saw the videos and I spoke with my colleagues. I was in the situation room as this was happening. There were other Ethiopian civilians that heard that this is an opportunity to come to Israel. They wanted to get on those buses so desperately, Pastor Jim, but of course we could not take them. And so we had to instruct our officers to move on with the buses and to come finally to the airport. And you can see here what it looked like arriving at the airport uh, with uh, getting on uh, the buses. You can see that there is uh, that there is joy. You can see that people have very little uh, by way of any kind of uh, belongings that they're carrying with them. Here they are getting on, looking outside the window as this is unfolding. And I would like to share with you a short video of what these tense moments looked like. You can see here the militia forces marching in the streets. יש לנו פה אספקה לחודשים, שק תפוחי אדמה, ארון עם כל מיני דגנים ושק קמח, ג'ארה של טחינה, מים שלנו. קיצור, אנחנו מוכנים למצור. אנחנו עכשיו כאן בשלב האריזות, לא יודעת אם רואים, בואו נראה לכם את האריזות. כי הודיעו לנו שאנחנו מתפנות מכאן. מחר ב-5 בבוקר אנחנו עולות על מטוס לאדיס, בעזרת השם. ממוש בוקר טוב, אני ואבתם הוא פה בחדר מצב, אנחנו הגיבוי שלכם. מתי אתם יוצאים לנקודה B? עוד חצי שעה אנחנו אמורים להתחיל לקבל אוטובוסים, וגם נתחיל לראות אנשים באזור שעה שש. הייתי עכשיו בנקודה ליד הכנסת לראות אם התחילו להגיע אנשים, או אני עוד לא רואה אנשים בעיה. בסדר גמור, על הכיפאק. אנחנו פה יושבים, מחכים, דיווחים שלך אלינו. אנחנו עוד מעט הולכים למטוס לאדיס, תסתכלו, המזוודות, ויש פה גם עולים מחוק השבות שיעלו לארץ ישראל. צליל איתנו על השיחה. בוקר טוב, צליל. קודם כל, איך התחושות הבוקר? אין מרוגשות. מוזרות, אנחנו פה כאילו עכשיו הגיעו כל העולים גם מגיעים לכאן, הרבה רגשות. מצוין. אנחנו יש לנו משימה לבצע, וזה להוציא את כולם בשלום. יש איזושהי בעיה עם אחד מהאוטובוסים, או שכל האוטובוסים בדרך כלל מפקידות? עניין התחבורה מאוד מעקר, עצירים עדיין חסומים, ויש מקומות שהם צריכים, הנהגים צריכים לפנות בעצמם את This is the prayer for God to help the traveler.
And you can see after all that what they have to sing when they're arriving at the airport. Singing the people, the people of Israel live. And what I'd like to, to end this and to describe to you also, uh, Pastor Jim, is that in a way this little rescue is nothing short than a miracle to be able to be in a situation where we have boots on the ground where the government of Israel does not to be able within one week of the fighting starting to reach this negotiation with the government of Ethiopia to allow Israel to rescue its citizens and the Olim that those seven young women volunteers were safe in that apartment that they came to and to be able to bring them to the airport in Gondar amidst gunshots, amidst reports that we were getting all the while about how militia forces are planning to kidnap those that are being evacuated to Israel, to realize that the buses are being shot out while they are en route, to realize that the drivers have to stop to evacuate and move rocks and other forms of debris from the road, to come to the airport in Gondar, which was closed for a week and that was opened only for us, and then once arriving at the airport in Gondar, the first plane from Addis that was now landing to evacuate, uh, to evacuate our people, we realize that it's a much smaller plane than that was promised. And then they tell us, okay, there's gonna be another plane. The second plane lands and we realize that those two planes combined have only placed for about 150 passengers while we have more than 200. What do you do? Do you leave people behind? So of course the answer is no. And we negotiated with the Ethiopian government and they did send a third plane. Eventually we had those three planes. We were able to board on them all the Israeli citizens and all the Olim and the volunteers and to bring them to the capital city of Ethiopia to Addis Ababa, which is in itself a city that is now under siege because they do not allow anyone from outside of the city to come in. Anyone who comes in is immediately arrested put in what used to be a school and is now basically a holding facility. They're using the schools as holding facilities during the summer. And we are now still with bated breath. We know that those citizens and that the Olim are safe in the sense that they are out of their harsh fighting. But at the same time, we're still waiting for the Ethiopian government to allow the issuance of travel documents so that they can leave Ethiopia and come back home to Israel. Until the Ethiopian government issues those documents, we still could not get them on a flight to Israel. And so while the Israeli volunteers were deemed diplomatic, uh, diplomatic persons, and they would have been able to come to Israel, those seven young girls decided to stay because they said that they came to Ethiopia to volunteer with the Jewish community. They came to do a summer camp. And they are intent on doing exactly that. And until all those Olim will be able to get on a plane to Israel, they are not coming back home to their families. They are still there in Addis Ababa running activities for those children. So we are still in a situation where we have some 61 Olim and those seven young women volunteers that are waiting to be able to come home to Israel. 
And as I shared, we do say never again. And so they will, with God's help, be brought to Israel. And just one little miracle of how this even came to be, our security officer who led the entire operation from on the ground in Gondar, he was already on vacation. He wasn't even supposed to be there. He was supposed to be out somewhere in the mountains of Ethiopia trekking. But because of some minor setback, he needed to stay in Gondar. And this happened just a day before the fighting started. And thank God that he had that setback. And thank God that he stayed in Gondar. Because had we not had our security officer there on the ground, we wouldn't have been able to pull off this operation. So thank God for little miracles. Thank God for the fact that there are no coincidences. And thank you, Pastor Jim, for inviting me to speak here with you today. Your prayers are needed. Your support is needed. Those Jews that are now on the ground in Addis waiting to have their travel documents issued, we are there to provide them with 24-7 care, with food, with humanitarian assistance. They have all seen bodies in the street. Some of them have lost loved ones. They need a lot of support, and we still need to airlift them and bring them home to Israel. So thank you, Pastor Jim, for inviting me, and thank you for being able to extend prayers and support to this rescue. Well, that's quite remarkable what you have just told us. I'm, I'm going to ask just to, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, most of them are quite sophisticated and understand words like Aliyah. But just one more time, I think it'd be good for you to define the word Aliyah, making Aliyah, you used that several times, and Olim, define Olim once again. So Aliyah is a beautiful word in Hebrew. It's a verb, it's a noun, it's action, it's purpose. It has so much in it. What it literally means is to go up because it's believed that when a Jewish person, when any person comes to Jerusalem, they go up spiritually. So when you are a Jewish person coming to make your home in Jerusalem, you are going up spiritually and you are going, you are making an aliyah, you are going up and you are becoming an ole. It's also used when we pray in the synagogue and when we go up to the raised platform to speak to our community, to read from the Bible. And so Aliyah means a Jewish person coming back home to their homeland. And these people, if I understood you correctly at the very outset, uh, these are individuals who are descendants of Jews who have not been back to Israel for 2,700 years. Yes, exactly. Since the time of the destruction of the first temple. And actually, it is also believed that some of them are descendants from the scholars that King Solomon sent back to Ethiopia together with the Queen of Sheba when she was carrying his child. This is also believed by the Ethiopian people who believe that their first king, Manalik I, was a direct son of King Solomon and Queen Sheba, the Lion of Judah. And so this is a very proud history, and we are now at a troubling chapter and hoping to be able to bring the people home. The uh, nobody has the rescuing abilities of the Israelis. The Israeli Jewish people have the grass, best understanding of security and issues of anybody in the world. It might be good for you just to explain to people. We're going to move away from Ethiopia for a moment, come right back to that. But just the Jewish agency, what that is, what the Jewish agency is set to do. We, my wife and I have had the privilege of being there 
at, at your building and having the firsthand explanations and being with you there. Uh, but help them to understand what the Jewish agency is, because this is quite a stunning organization. Thank you, Pastor Jim. So, indeed, the Jewish Agency for Israel was founded all the way back in 1929 with the vision that it would be the vehicle to giving the Jewish people a national home in the promised land of Israel. The Jewish Agency was led by David Ben-Gurion, who many people know as the first Prime Minister of the State of Israel, and he was chairman of the Jewish Agency already for 13 years and led the struggle to establish a state. The Jewish Agency succeeded in this mission in 1948. Effectively, all the executive of the Jewish Agency became the first government of the State of Israel. And really, Pastor Jim, the building that you speak of that you visited in the center of Jerusalem is the building from which the State of Israel was born, Israel's cradle in many ways. And those halls, all those founding fathers and mothers worked, prayed, labored, struggled to establish the state. And since 1948, the Jewish Agency has been working hand in hand with the government of Israel with a unique status that no other organization has. We are not a regular non-for-profit. We are not a government agency. We are tasked with connecting the global Jewish people to Israel. We work in 65 countries around the world. We send out educators, emissaries to all corners of the globe to educate our people, to inspire a connection to Israel. And we foster Aliyah, the return of the Jews to Israel. Since 1948, we have brought home to Israel nearly three and a half million Jews on Aliyah. This means that almost every second person in Israel is actually either an Ole themselves or the son or the daughter of somebody that made Aliyah. This in gathering has been from some 100 countries all around the world. And in Israel, we work to make Israeli society a country that is welcoming based on the vision of the prophets, where there is equality and justice. And I can share with you that just in two more days time, I'll be making a visit to the home of the family where the husband um, and the father were murdered uh, by an Arab terrorist on Saturday on Shabbat just a few days ago, because the Jewish agency supports all victims of terror in Israel with emergency assistance, with long-term assistance. So we are an organization that is well experienced in rescue. There are many rescue stories of the Jewish agency, whether more clandestine that still cannot be spoken of, like from Iran, or those that are widely known in the news, like Operation Solomon from Ethiopia, where in 1991, some 14,400 Jews were rescued out of the besieged city of Addis Ababa in just 36 hours. And of course, what I think many of your listeners here, viewers here are familiar with, the rescue from Ukraine. And this is something that you personally have been involved in, Pastor Jim, you and Rosemary and your supporters, because over the time of the war in Ukraine, we have been able to rescue some 16,000 Jews out of Ukraine, setting up escape routes with ambulances, vans, buses, armored vehicles, setting up rescue stations all across the borders and being able to bring our people home. In Russia, there was a huge exodus at this time. I don't know if you're aware, Jim, but over the past year and a half, over 70,000 Jews have left Russia making Aliyah to Israel, not being able to live in that country any longer. This means that over 12% of the entire Jewish population of Russia left in just about a year. 
if this were to happen in any other country, like for example, in the US, you'd be speaking about staggering numbers of 600,000 Jews leaving the United States in one year, just to put it into perspective. So 70,000 Jews leaving Russia in just about a year, coming home to Israel. So the Jewish agency is managing and leading these efforts. And thank God we have the benefit of also having very dedicated Christian friends with prayers, with financial support, that are coming in to this rescue that are joining us and saying never again. I'm, uh, I'm working on a book and I'm on a book deadline right now. I think the title is going to be a well-versed in a woke world. There's one chapter I do on anti-Semitism, anti-Zionism and the Jews in Israel. And the guy who's working with me is kind of helping me edit. He said, man, Jim, you, you, you were three times the length of what you were supposed to be in the chapter. I said, yeah, I know. All I did in that chapter was give the history in bullet form, just in bullet form, the history of the persecution of the Jewish people, the most persecuted, harassed people on the face of the earth. No people group has ever faced this. And I track uh, 2,700 years and go through precisely what happened time after time and what country was inflicting, oppressing, or killing the Jews, uh, and then right up to the present. And the attempts of the Jewish people to have just one third of one percent of the entire Middle East, one tiny piece of land is all they're asking for. By the way, God promised them between Niles and the Euphrates, Niles and the Euphrates had 300,000 square miles. Under David, they only had 200,000 square miles. Israel today is 8,000 square miles. So it's a tiny piece of land. And, and that's all they're asking for. And yet they face such intense uh, uh, abuse from much of the world, uh, and so we stand with uh, the Israel Israel people. We stand with the Jewish people. We stand in solidarity with the Jews. This is their land; they don't occupy it. They own it. God gave it to them. We stand with that. We honor Scripture. We honor the Lord when we do that. So the Jewish Agency is a very unusual organization. You heard her say it's actually technically non-governmental, but it's the only thing I've ever seen like this. They're set up to mobilize in a matter of a few hours anywhere in the world to bring the Jewish people in. Danielle, uh, uh, check me on my numbers. I think there's around 15 million Jewish people in the world. Half of them are in Israel. Israel's population is around 9 million and about 7 million of, of the 9 million are, are Jews. And about that's only about half of the known earthly population of Jewish people. So there's a lot more Jews yet to come home fulfilling the words of the prophet from Tanakh. Am I correct on those numbers, or do you need to adjust those? No, you're you're correct. Uh, Fifteen million is the official known uh, number, which is also agreed upon by different uh, experts from the academia. Uh, when we speak about those that perhaps are unknown to be members of the Jewish people, the number can be higher. But yes, you're exactly right. About seven million Jews living in uh, Israel and about uh, 6 million Jews living in the United States. Other large Jewish communities include the former Soviet Union, countries like uh, Russia and parts of Europe, especially the United Kingdom and France. There are also large numbers of Jews that are living in Argentina and Brazil and many other communities, very tiny in some uh, instances. And, you know, just to put it in perspective, because you've been giving a lot of information that has a historical uh, background to it, you know, if you want to look back at what the Jewish world looked like in 1939, it was very different than what it is today. 
And the total number of Jews in the world at that time was just about what it is currently. The 6 million Jews that were murdered by the Nazis, that those 6 million souls, the Jewish people was only in a way able to recover in its tiny numbers in very recent years. So when we think about also how you reflected about being the most persecuted people, when you consider that nearly half of the Jewish people was murdered just in the span of some six years, it gives you also some perspective to truly appreciate every Jewish life, every Jewish soul that is able today to live and hopefully to also come home to Israel. Let me take you back to Ethiopia, and, and I'm not sure if I understand fully the numbers. If I heard you right, uh, see if I wrote this down right. 90,000 Jews have been brought home from Ethiopia over the years to Medalia, but there's 9,000 Jews still there, and you are rescuing these 200 that are in Gondor, where the main fighting is. Uh, are are you are you suggesting? And then my, part of my question is: Are there a lot more in the city of Gondor that are still trapped Jewish people that you're trying to get out? 200 is not all of them, I presume. And then secondly, this part I, I missed out on. They left the airport in Gondor, but they didn't get to come back to Jerusalem yet. They're, they're, in, in, uh, they're in the capital city, is that right? Waiting for yes. documentation? So, so they're, they're still, they can't get out of Ethiopia at this point. That, that is very true. And I wouldn't say that they cannot get out in the sense that there is anything deliberate done to hold them back. Uh, but there is still a process that we are engaged with with the Ethiopian government in order to enable them to come home to Israel. This is true really for all those that are making Aliyah. We could have also brought home to Israel already those seven young women volunteers because they already have the Israeli citizenship status. And we also negotiated with the Ethiopian government that they be considered with diplomatic status, even though that wasn't the way that they left Israel, but they are insistent on remaining. So that is why also prayers and support are still needed because those that are still in Addis Ababa awaiting to receive from the Ethiopian government the needed travel documents for them to be able to leave and to come home to Israel they still need our support. And yes, you are correct, you understood correctly that there are some 9,000 members of the Jewish community that are still living mostly in Gondar and also partially in the capital city in Addis Ababa. And at this time, we still could not evacuate them, we still could not bring them home because this is a complex situation with the Israeli government as the reality in Ethiopia led to the fact that there were Jews that became more distant from the Jewish community. They were never accepted into Christian community, and they were somehow in limbo between both worlds. And they have been coming back to live as Jews over the past two decades, I would say. But given the laws of the state of Israel, they cannot be considered as perhaps the Jews of Ukraine would have been considered eligible for us to rescue them and bring them an Aliyah, it is based on a government decision. And this is really a unique situation for the Jews of Ethiopia. It was not this way in the 1980s or the 1990s. This is a fairly new reality. And it's something that we at the Jewish Agency are pushing very hard with the government to allow us to bring them home. But again, this is going to be based on a government decision and we expect that it will be made in the coming months. 
And in the interim, we are doing everything we can to support those Jews that are still living in Gondar and Addis Ababa, especially now because of the war. And we will continue to provide humanitarian assistance. And as soon as it is possible, we will also be providing education, connection to Israel, preparation for Aliyah. At this time, because of the war, we're not able to do it. Could you say just a word about the warring factions? We won't spend much time on this one, just so you can just answer in a couple sentences. But the warring factions in Ethiopia, uh, those in Gondor, as opposed to the government, what is the nature of the dispute? Uh, is, is one pro-communist, for example, and, and the other one pro-democracy? Or, or, or is it that simple, or is it much more complex? Are you able just to say in a couple sentences the nature yeah. of the conflict? So it, it is a little bit more complex because Ethiopia, although it is predominantly a Christian society, it is made up of a variety of ethnic groups. If you try to perhaps imagine different ethnicities as you might find them, for example, in Spain, you know, be between Catalonia and the central government, it's not a religious, it's not a, a political dispute. It's more an ethnic dispute where each ethnicity is trying to make sure that it has power and that is adequately represented in government. And the reality is that the government created armed militia forces amongst civilians in the region to help it win the war against the Tigray faction. That's what was happening between 2020 to 2022. And now that they reached a ceasefire and a peace agreement with the Tigray faction, they were asking all these militias to let go of their arms, to go back to being civilians. And some of these militias, especially the one that is located in the Gondar region and that are part of the Amhara ethnic group, they have refused because they do not want to lose their standing, their power, their negotiating this retaining of their power with the central Ethiopian government. And because of this clash, it erupted into full violent fighting. They are armed to the teeth with arms that were provided by the central Ethiopian government a couple of years ago. And this is why it's a very harsh situation. You have done an exceptional job of explaining all this to us. I'm so grateful for you. I, I regret to say that on, on the news, this is, I'm not hearing hardly anything on the standard news outlets that we would listen to here in the US on this. So you really brought us up to speed on something we needed to know, but largely did not know. Uh, would you put up on the screen one more time how people can donate right now? World Prayer Network family, uh, you helped get the number of Jews out of Ukraine who are in harm's way. And here's a, a very delicate situation, <laughs> dangerous as we well know from what you just shared with us, and so, uh, what's the, the FINA, what's that stand for? I know what you're it's saying. A, it's Jewish Agency for Israel, North America. It's the way that a gift can be made to the Jewish Agency from North America, which is also uh, tax deductible. In the United States, we are a 501c3. So any gift that is made by going to that link, you can make it online, a credit card, uh, mailing a check if somebody is uh, old fashioned and just state that you're choosing to support the rescue from Ethiopia. There is a drop-down menu that you can select Aliyah and absorption from Ethiopia. There's also a line where you can enter a comment and say that it is specifically for the rescue. 
but any gift that is made at this time for the Aliyah and integration from Ethiopia from that drop-down menu will be dedicated 100% to the rescue from Ethiopia. Yeah, I want to thank you, World Prayer Network family. I'll thank you in advance for what you're doing right now. Many of you are writing down or taking a screenshot of this uh, particular uh, website so you can contribute. You helped a great deal in Ukraine. And just what, a few days ago, uh, you, you helped enormously with uh, the problems in Lahaina, Maui, trying to uh, really provide emergency services for so many. You do this over and over. So thank you, World Prayer Network family, for what you're going to do. Danielle, it's a joy and a blessing to have you on. I'm sorry it's under these conditions, but we praise God for the Jewish agency. My wife in particular, Rosemary, she has followed the, the Jewish agency so closely long before I was even aware of it. And uh, she is your she's your number one fan. And uh, we want to agree with the prophets of old that the people get to come home. It's interesting that did you catch it? Did you catch it, folks, that Danielle and her phrasing was always speaking about coming home to Israel. These are people who have never been to Israel, but they're coming home. Every Jewish person who understands the word of God knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say that. And, and Danielle, even we as evangelical Christians, we feel we feel that same thing. My, my father had, had not traveled hardly out of the U.S. He was a farmer. He died many years ago, but he insisted on us as a family going to Israel in 1981. He loved Israel. He loved the Jewish people. He insisted we go. And we went. And when we got there, uh, his first words were, you heard me. You know what I'm going to say? He says, I'm home. I'm home. This is the pull of the land, the, the people that God established there. So it's a privilege to have you on. It's a privilege to partner with you on this. Danielle, thank you so much. And we're going to go, folks. Um, I want you to hold steady because now we've got some praying to do. And we're going to pray specifically for this. Pray for the, uh, the, 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 the this, what is it, seven? No, six. Six young women. How many young women did you say were there? Seven, seven young women. Seven, seven young women. And then you referred, did you refer to 61? The 61. Who are the 61 you referred to? The 61 are the Olim that have never set foot in Israel and that we are waiting for their travel documents from the Ethiopian oh, government. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Folks, you know how to pray. Pray protection over these young women. And we pray for these, these uh, travel documents to come through. And uh, for all the Jews around the world to get to enjoy, as they so desire, to come home to Israel. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.